This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a Friday. Good afternoon. Welcome, Lori and Julia. Show my talk 1071, everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Good show lined up for you today. But right off the bat, we have people to thank, don't we? Yes, we want to thank all of the generous people that donated. We we raised over thirteen thousand dollars in gifts to the Max Day for Alive and Kicking. Yeah. It was a record day for uh, Give to the Max in Minnesota. A lot it of charities, is. small I love and this. big. Yes. 21 million. Yeah, just, yeah, huge, huge money. So I like that about our state. We're charitable people. I think it's that something to be very proud about. But we really thank you because we ask you to go, go to that pocketbook uh, quite a few times during the year. And we appreciate it. What a great cause. Yeah. I know. Now we're, let's we're hope, reserving Oprah, our spot. hope Oprah delivers us a good gift. Uh, yes. Celebrity get. We're going to find out next week, aren't we? Who's going to be at the Oprah I have no idea. Live 2020 tour? Okay. I think Talking we heard to me that. like I'm Gayo King. I have no idea. Gail, why haven't you been doing your research? You had a cute green dress on today, I might say. She looks pretty, I think, Gail King, on the CBS Morning News. I'm liking that. Are you liking it at all? Uh, I, I, that's my, I don't really watch it. I, I look to see if they have, you can watch that. You can do that. Oh, uh-huh. Thanks for the oh is that how the show is starting today? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm just how saying you can. generous of you to allow me to watch a but TV I mean, station. It's too many morning shows to look at to try and see. And I always figure if there's something good, you'll tell Donnie. Because I, I will, know you're a faithful yeah. Yeah. CBS watcher. But the thing the this the thing i cannot uh get over is um well first of all a lot of riveting daytime tv t- again yeah. today but yep. bbc newsnight announced this morning that they are doing an exclusive interview with prince andrew that was filmed last night in buckingham palace and the palace had to weigh in and say that the queen had to give her, she's aware of the interview and had to give her approval because it's happening in the blue drawing room, which is where Queen Victoria had her first state ball. And it's about Jeffrey Epstein. And the fact that this is happening is a story. And the fact that it's happening, I mean, the level of mortification. She and must have. And everyone, it's it's desperate because as mortifying as it is, the fact they've exhausted all of their options. That they have to have a live sit-down interview with with Prince Andrew to deny his allegations having sex with underage girls. And yeah, and and his relationship with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and all of that. And you know how they... Do you think he'll come clean? 
God, Julia, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. I, I made a mistake. I no. think people would. Okay, you know they say in a court to, courtroom you never put a defendant on the stand to be cross-examined until it's a last resort. Same thing here. So it's not a good look, and the shame of the royal family is not Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It's Prince Andrew. Well, and he's going to be... I mean, I he know. has the the bef- he has to sit down, and one of his things that he tried to get out of, so he'd never have to do this mortifying interview, is he said, "Well, that photo was doctored. My fingers are We're fatter than that." I remember that. So he's going to sit. There's a photo out here there with his arm around <laughs> this young woman that has said it was him. I had sex he's, with him. He's yeah, yeah. I was traffic, and so he's going to sit down with a journalist at Buckingham Palace to talk about rape. And billionaire orgies. On both sides of the pond, unbelievable things are being said out loud. And how much coverage, though, will Prince Andrew get on Sunday and Monday? Or will it be more Meghan Markle, you know, Well, that'll be interesting to see. You know, because, I mean, for goodness sakes, it's... uh, Why? I mean, let's say, for argument's sake, that Andrew's been telling the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that he only took trips a few times on the Lolita Jeffrey Epstein Express for 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 business, and right. that he only met up with Epstein after he got out of jail to say to him, "I can't be friends with you anymore," and that's why the picture in the park. Let's say all of that is true. Okay, then why in in the good Lord's name would Andrew need to need to say anything else on camera? That's not how the royals. Operate and the right. fact Andrew's still trying to talk his way out of this means it's a lot worse than what we know and what's been reported. Well, That's what, what I think. And I think okay. his PR guy, crisis manager that he hired a month ago, um, quit because Andrew thinks by doing this interview, he will put it to bed in people's minds. Well, here's my other question for you. Why would the, and the queen, guy said, don't why do would it. The queen let him do it? Because she's 93 and she she's tired of, um, I don't know. He said, mummy, this the people will believe me. I, I didn't do any of this. Well, Fergie know. is already his ex-wife and, you know, the mother of his children yeah. said she she tweets support for real gentlemen. Prince Andrew ahead of Epstein interview. Yeah. Uh, see, Scotland Yard is all up on Prince Andrew. They have an open investigation, as does the FBI over here and CIA. They're working in conjunction. Mm. They're trying to unravel. And I just give you Jeffrey uh, Epstein, the day after he, you know, died, quote unquote, by his own hand, Prince Andrew goes to church with his mom, grinning like a Cheshire cat the whole way. But he's, there's uh, a lot, there's a real uh, desire for accountability and there's this active investigation. And I think he's doing one of these things where he's like convinced himself that if the British people just hear me speak in my posh accent, they'll know. I mean, he's dumb enough to incriminate himself. Well, here's what's happening. He's known to be both both pompous and stupid in royal circles. (laughs) Great combination. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing is that it's going to be broadcast tomorrow on Saturday in the UK on BBC Two at 4 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It's not known whether they plan to air the interview in the U.S., but clips will be available on the BBC website. 
Um, so even though Buckingham shut down the ABC uh, Amy Robach story on Epstein in 2015, now you got Andrew sitting down and doing a one-on-one no... I mean, that is that is shocking and mortifying. Yeah. But uh, all the questions will be carefully vetted. No, so the BBC is saying that Re- it was really? not... I don't believe wow, that. I, I don't I believe have that. I have a hard time believing that. I well, don't believe it either. Uh, this is what they said. Two okay. interviews, uh, the first time he's answered questions, and they're saying that, I mean, I'm telling you, this is why Andrew's crisis manager quit. Because he wanted to have this interview. Don't do this interview. Do You're going to implicate Johnny Depp's yourself. Johnny probably wanted to quit when he sat down with the Rolling Stones wasted for two days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that... Mm. that's what's happening and uh whatever they have they have it enough to turn into a one hour special and i don't think andrew uh... hey everybody yay it's friday Woo-hoo! could be happier a lot of football i know happening this weekend sports last night between the Cleveland Browns. I just saw the morning, the clips of the brawl. Yeah. I thought we were at a hockey game. I've never seen anything like that before. No. That guy's in trouble. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay, so, well, last night, it must have been happening right after we left the show, um, and it was uh, Taylor Swift, I think she wrote it on uh, Tumblr, you know, I don't know what to do, you guys. And then yep. she goes into it. I think we'll let the audio, because they'll recap yep. everything that's going on with Taylor Swift, Scooter, Braun, Big Machine Records in the story. So let's Taylor Swift promising she is still not backing down in her ongoing feud with music executive Scooter Braun over the rights to her music. In a lengthy social media post Thursday, Swift hitting back against Braun and his partner, Big Machine record label head Scott Borchetta, saying they are trying to stop her from performing a medley of her older hits at the 2019 American Music Awards next Sunday. Swift writing, I'm not allowed to perform my old songs on television because they claim that would be re-recording my music before I'm allowed to next year. I just want to be able to perform my own music. That's it. I've tried to work this out privately through my team, but have not been able to resolve anything. Swift also claiming that Braun and Borchetta are not allowing her the use of her recordings in an upcoming Netflix documentary. And that they told her she could only use her old songs if she agreed to never re-record them. And agreed to not publicly speak badly of Braun, Borchetta, and Big Machine in the future. Swift writes, the message being sent to me is very clear. Basically, be a good little girl and shut up, or you'll be punished. Okay, Okay. that's the first one. And and in her post last night, you know, she basically did ask her fans, you know, to raise questions to Scooter Braun and Big Machine Records, you know, for, you know, daring, you know, the business deal that she's not happy about. I mean, I feel like... If ever there was somebody that Taylor Swift could uh, talk to, it would be Prince because he took such a big stand with Warner Brothers. I mean, you know, didn't use his name, got used the glyph, and mm-hmm. and that was all over the original recordings, the masters. And so she's. We'll, we'll see if, if the second part okay. of the story explains okay. it before I have to. 
The bad blood beginning back in June. The Grammy Award winner blasting Braun's purchase of her old record label. The deal gives Braun the rights to the original recordings of Swift's first six albums, meaning that a significant portion of their profits will now go to him. Swift claims she was blindsided by the sale to someone she accused of incessant manipulative bullying for years. Swift spoke about the sale to CBS Sunday Morning. I knew he would sell my music. I knew he would do that. I couldn't believe who he sold it to because we've had endless conversations about Scooter Braun. Swift now calling on fans and collaborators to speak out on her behalf. This is wrong. Neither of these men had a hand in the writing of those songs. They did nothing to create the relationship I have with my fans. So this is where I'm asking for your help. Some of Swift's famous friends have already expressed support for her, including supermodel Gigi Hadid and singer Halsey, who wrote, This is just mean. This is punishment. This is hoping to silence her from speaking about things by dangling this all over her head. With Taylor's performance and Netflix documentary in limbo, the ongoing battle over her biggest hits shows no signs of calming down. Okay, Whoa. so I have something to tell you. Okay, okay so okay. the big thing is, is that um, the big machine folks are saying at no point did we see Taylor could not perform on the AMAs or block her Netflix Flick special. Okay, those two things are true, but she just can't play her songs or have her songs in right. there, leaving that part out of it. All right, but here, so um, Taylor Swift says her PR people, Tree Payne, shared an update with USA Today insisting that Big Machine flatly denied the request for both American Music Awards and Netflix. And um, in addition to her AMA performance, she because um, she has to get their permission to use her old songs. Yeah, they'll allow me to sing at the AMAs. Right, they'll allow me. She's getting a decade thing, so she wants to do a melody of all of her old songs. They'll allow me to use my music only if I do these two things. Right, if I agree to not re-record copycat versions of my song next year, which is something I'm both legally allowed to do and looking forward to. I bet. And B. She they also told her team that I need to stop talking about him and Scooter Braun. Okay, so now and she said no to those two things. She said no. Yeah. Okay, so here now Justin Bieber, who's Scooter Braun's, you know, he kind of they found each other kind well, of. Well, Selena Gomez yes. and Camila Cabello did Insta posts about this right. being on Team Taylor. And so here's what Justin Bieber oh, posted: to Taylor Swift free to play all her hits during AMAs. Big Machine can't stop her. And they go on to blah, blah, blah. But they say our confusion with her statement, Taylor Swift's statement, is, is that... saying our confusion? Well, he's reposting what okay. Big Machine said. Our confusion with her statement is that we have no legal right to stop this and have never tried. She and her team both know this. Okay, now E.T. is involved and they As go... As in entertainment tonight? Yes. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. And um, they say at no point did we say Taylor could not perform or block her, blah, 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 blah. Spokesperson for Taylor Swift then again said, um, 
that this guy, Scott Borchetta, or whatever, the partner of um, Scotty Brown, flatly denied the request, okay? And then please note in Big Machine's statement, back to Taylor Swift, they never actually deny either claim Taylor said last night in her post. Right. So So what's the problem? Big Machine, because she's telling the truth, or they're telling the truth, but in between it, what she's saying, they've never denied their throwing back something else she of course can use her music but they're not denying the fact that she says of course i can use my music if i promise never to re-record those first eight or ten albums right they're leaving off half the story it's half the story right okay and so you know blah 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 it's a he said she said and big machine has no issues with her performance going out on live broadcast because they can't block her, but labels can't block artists from performing any songs live. Right. But it's no, the Netflix special, and it's just... I... Uh, the Netflix it, special, I understand, because we've heard that with music. Yes, we, we have. We, we, whatever, it's a movie. You can't use the music in a movie or a documentary right. that you have don't own. Right, you have to... Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. She, that's why she can't use it in the documentary. Okay, but here's the headline from USA Today that was updated... Swift refuses to shut up before the AMAs. See, I mean, <laughs> I, that to would me, they ever write that headline no. about a guy? No. That was never. That is such a sexist headline. That was the part that I'm like, Donnie, you got to print this story because she refuses to shut up. Who says that? Exactly. I mean, the bias in that is unbelievable. And I find it interesting that no one, it's all her. Here it's all women in their twenties and thirties that are standing Halsey, up. Yes, Camila Be- Cabello, Selena no Gomez. One, no one older like Madonna or Garth Brooks Cher, or Cher. Dolly. No one else is standing up for her. It's no, not going to make a difference. No, but it would in the court of public public opinion. There's opinion, no one that appearance. could. I'm just saying, if Prince was around, he would be on Team Taylor on this. I I really think that he would be because. I mean, we heard even with his book deal, he made it, worked it into his contract. If, if I don't stinks, like the book, I can buy published. it back, you know. And uh, so anyway, Big Machine, though, their little um, original statement made me laugh. It's such a Taylor made a unilateral decision last night to enlist her fan base in a calculated manner that greatly affects the safety of our employees and their families. I know. Honestly. Well, all I can say is the AMAs better get ready for some big ratings. <laughs> no kidding. There you go, mate. There, yeah, there you go, Lori. It's so true. Oh boy. All right. Well, we'll stay. T- we'll, we'll we'll be looking at that all day. Okay. And see if there's any updates. All right. Listen. We'll be. Hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. So, well, in all the Taylor Swift news um, that's happening, uh, she has just released her recording of the song she wrote with Andrew Lloyd Webber, for, um, which will be heard over the end of um, Cats. It's called Beautiful Ghosts. And uh, remember, Taylor is playing a cat with a nice furry bosom. <laughs> and you mean um, that because they were superimposed <laughs> after the fact? No, or? she's got fur over her real breasts. Well, well that's... Yeah. I'm just their saying... Their cat suits have fur over their butts, But there is too. very, very, very pronounced cat bosoms, okay? <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> 
You don't think it, cats the people have who have furry woodies for cats are going to lose their mind for this? Oh my movie, gosh! Okay? So you're saying if they're cats, they shouldn't have boobs? I'm saying what it shouldn't saying? be anything that should come out of anybody's mouth. Okay. Cat bosoms. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. But this is a song that maybe Taylor, although. The, They've not sent screeners out, so I kind of thought, you know, because the Golden Globes would love to invite Taylor and Idris and Jennifer Hudson. They'd nominate cats just to have them come to the... Oh, sure, best musical. But they, yeah. the cats, the people who made the movie, they're not even sending the screeners out. They missed the Golden Globes deadline. Hmm. Okay, let me tell you something about this, okay? The this song, beautiful so, ghost. So, yeah. I'm hoping it'll be good. This is one of three different versions of ghosts that will be heard during the film. A beautiful ghost. It's called Ghosts. All right. Okay. It's called Beautiful Ghosts. Okay, but if you go on, okay. As Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote it primarily to be sung by Francesca Hayward, who plays Victoria, the white cat that is the central figure of this adaptation. It'll also be heard as a reprise by um, Judy Dench. Okay. Swift's version is not, as rumored by some, a pop version. Ooh. With its lush orchestration and dynamics, it's very much a piece of the music that will be heard in the body throughout the film. So this song carries throughout the film in different ways. Okay. Here you go. Ghosts are beautiful. Like a Broadway song. No, I song. love it. Let it go. Yeah, Let it go right. for a second. Okay. I love it. All that I wanted was to be wanted. Too young to wander London streets alone and haunted. Born into nothing. So is this her cat character singing this song like to... Well, to Grizabella, who's like, okay, you might be old, but you've got wonderful memories. Well, as you said in the movie, it's, it's a it's different a, character. Who it's sings a different it. character singing it, but holy cow, yeah. does she have a beautiful... Lori hates Lovely. it. Oh, well. I could just <laughs> tell you wouldn't even it. let it go. Really? I'm like, wait, where's It the- was okay. It would take a well, few lessons. It's no yeah. memories. Well, no, but how do you know? Is. It's just brand You heard it for two seconds. I, keep, I like it. feel. Donnie, did you like it? I think it's going to be beautiful. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Taylor singing it at the Oscars. If it gets I nominated. Either. I yeah, think yeah. It, if I it gets quite, nominated for Best Song. It's a song. lovely song. You hated yeah. it. You hated it. You're not even good at lying. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to videotape this it's lie. A, it's an answering show tune to another song within the show. And I guess I just feel like maybe if I saw her licking her paw or something oh, she was oh, saying that, I might it's like it better. <laughs> I'm thinking of... Um, what did you post of her? Is it just her singing it yeah. at the piano or yeah, something? There, there's... It's not from cats. I think it's beautiful. It's just the audio. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm oh, sure you're it's such a liar. going to be lovely. People are going to want to just dance. And wow. now the people you can make a pot, like pasta, like you could, that'd be a good cooking song. <laughs> Maybe. So for, no, I got that Motown. Lori, <laughs> I got that Motown. <laughs> okay, can I tell you a TV show to skip the third se- season of, but watch seasons one and two? Okay. 
you know, one of my many CW's. boyfriends, Billy Bob. Oh, you Thornton. hated the third one of Goliath? This makes me so sad, but I haven't watched it yet. Goliath, which I Love loved. loved. Yeah. And Casey and I, it was a show we both liked together. Season one, season two, he plays the attorney, Billy McBride. Mm-hmm. Great cast of characters, Santa Monica. Uh, William Hurt had a storyline in season two. Just a great show. Quirky. It kind of gave me the feeling like watching Bosch or, you know, just a good show. Season three is so bad. Kevin Kastner. No, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. The only redeeming reasons to watch it. And even then, I'm... Like it's a half. It, this is like a you know half mast uh, flag. I'm giving you right now. Right. Amy Brenneman. I love her. And Rand or Dennis Quaid play brothers and sisters, and she is something else in this movie. She's a cold stone psychopath. Really? Amy Brenneman is. Yes, mm-hmm. but and she's got a website called Soup S O O P. She's very Gwynethy that way, super <laughs> smiley and everything, but. I'm telling you, Kate, I mean, really? th- three episodes in, Casey said to me, he said, this is so stupid. It's Did you like, guys watch the whole thing? Well, only You're- because there was nothing else that we could agree to, like, maybe just take a peek at. Mm-hmm. And he's been fighting something, so we've had to stay home. We haven't been able to go out dancing, Julia. Oh, anyway, oh, dear. And um, so we just kind of watched it because nothing, we're right. kind of in between on some shows. And... um it really... Oh, my... It got renewed for season four. It did, but that's its final season. It, and that's its final season. I hope they get their act together because the... And, and our gal, Ileana um, Glazer or Douglas. Yes. Remember Scorsese's yeah. first girlfriend? She's a quirky character. She's got a bit role in it. There's this... It's... It's just... I don't know. It's like they completely lost... Like the writer's room must have changed over. I want to ask because the one thing that was driving me nuts is he was pretending to drive back and forth between Santa Monica and Sacramento. Well, that is what, the longest drive what, in the world. No kidding. Do it's do like eight hours. It's like eight hours. In one minute, he'd be there and I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, Even if you said this was San Luis Obispo, that's still four and a half, you know. Uh, I don't know. It was disappointing, but Billy Bob. I love him. I, I watched it for him. I watched it for Amy Brenneman. Right. Casey and I were equally parts horrified and um, intrigued at Dennis Quaid's sometimes overly Botoxed. overly darkened, tinted eyebrows yeah. and hair. Some days it was brown in the TV show, and some days it was red. We need to give a shout-out to our colorist, because that is an art to get a man's graying hair. No, there's no gray in Dennis Quaid's hair. No, but I know. No, there's none, and he's got a big, craggy face. So it's just on his eyebrows? And his hair. And Billy Bob Thornton is a year younger than Dennis Quaid. In real life? Yeah, and he looks... So much better, handsome, older than Not Dennis Quaid. Well, Dennis Quaid just got engaged to a 20 yes. I know, and that's why woman. he's coloring his hair. This is why I always know how John Fogarty is with somebody young, with his lush red auburn hair. You know, he's. it's just, I get it. I get it, because coloring your hair, like, ostensibly makes you look younger. But Dennis Quaid has such a craggy face but he's got such a great body, and he's plays really a dink. 
in season three. Okay, Donnie, have you watched Mandalorian or whatever it is? Mandalorian? No, that's on Disney+. Disney. Plus. I know, my son watched it. No, I, like wouldn't, it? I wouldn't pay 50 cents for that. Yeah, what? he loves it. Yeah, no, I understand. He's a Star Wars fan. I thought I had Verizon Unlimited. I don't. Oh, so, so you're not getting it for free? I'm not getting it free. Yeah. Oh. I made him pay. Yeah, oh, good. Well, that's fine. Uh, we're not getting Disney Plus. There's no reason no. for us to get well, that. No, you're right. No, not us. But my, my, the Star Wars folks. And Although, he thinks, you know what I got roped into from watching Apple TV? Casey and I started watching The Godfather of Harlem. Amazing show. But Forrest that Whitaker. That, that, that's not actually on it Apple isn't. TV. No, but you're they, accessing it they through. Catfished you, they catfished you, get you hooked on the <laughs> that's, show. That's right. And now they go season four, <laughs> Epics, five ninety nine right. or whatever it was. Yeah. We get epics. That's the new change. I told you we're losing stars uh-huh. and we're getting epics. Has that already gone into effect? It's starting in December. I got the letter. Uh, I told you that. Yeah, that's right. You did. Well, how are we going to watch Outlander, which comes back in January? You, I, I can't take these streaming wars. I want them to get them figured out. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to get stars through Hulu for an extra charge. That's how I get HBO. Oh. So you'll be able to get stars. They'll charge you whatever, $10, $12 a month extra to get access to stars. All right. And do you have to get Hulu through Amazon? No, no, they have nothing to do with each other. I know if that. If you're a Sprint customer, <laughs> Hulu gives you get Hulu for free. That's I'm telling you, it sounds like we're having this foreign conversation. No kidding. Beyond, it's just, it beyond. is the number one thing, and Apple is having trouble getting people to subscribe because well, you can't find out how to do it. Well, people can find out I know, how you have to, to do, do it, it on your laptop. The, but even whatever, there's not enough programming. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. It is worth it right now for me with morning I love that TV. Show. And what's the other show you liked? Uh, for all mankind. For all mankind, and yeah. that's the only other one that's real. And yeah. and and no, the uh, uh, Dickinson. Dickinson. People like that with yeah. Haley Steinfeld. Right. If you want to, you know. Yeah, and there's some kids programs, but you know. yeah, they're adding a couple. They're adding that scary one in a couple of weeks. And then we, uh, what was the one we got today? We I uh, gave you the story of uh, that actor that won the. Oh, Oscar. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's got a series coming out on Apple TV. All right, so, slow horses. It, yeah, it's going to be a slow rollout of original programming. Slow Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, well, Oldman uh, will play Jackson Lamb, the brilliant go. but iris, irascible leader of spies. Okay, yes, we do. We have an author. We're so excited. Sheila Weller from Manhattan is waiting to talk to us about, about Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher will be right back. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, we are so excited. It has been a long time since we talked to Sheila Weller, who wrote one of our favorite books. We had you on like 10 years ago, author of Girls Like Us. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Sheila. And I love everybody. I was happy about that book. Oh, that was such a great book. Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Carly Simon. Simon. And now now you have another book that we just cannot stop reading. It's so, so good. We agree with uh, USA Today and everybody else that this is just a wonderful book. Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. Wow. How did you, Sheila, I think the obvious question is, is why Carrie Fisher? Everybody's asked that. (laughs) I know, so I want to get it out of the way. I write about iconic women. I've been doing that lately. The last two books were about three iconic women each. And she just is incredibly iconic and complex. And um, uh, I was very aware of her. We grew up in the same area, the same neighborhood-ish, in the same kind of Hollywood industry. I mean, my family wasn't famous, obviously, but they were in that world, nightclubs and Yep. movie magazines and all that stuff and, and crazy things happening in families with beautiful women and 
you know, so, um, and I was very, I love Postcards from the Edge. I, yes. I, oh, I love you know, that. I mean, I do re- book reviews, oh. and I, it, clearly that was a revolutionary book of, by a woman who, as I put it in the book, w- wrote about being a woman in Hollywood and being a, a woman in life in, in an incredibly candor-filled sophisticated way that was before other others tackled that subject mm-hmm. and it came from something real that she went through so it was lo- loved her books loved the fact that she became a writer kind of d- dovetailed from the acting to writing was aware of the challenges that she overcame and she destigmatized bipolar disorder and was aware of the Carrie penny parties and just had this you know understanding of her significance that was fascinating but also kind of mysterious and then of course was very on top of what was becoming pre-me too just pre-me too yeah you're yeah. pre-me yeah. too feminism sort of badass you know feminism and realized she was like an idol of, of Tina Fey and she influenced people like Amy Schumer and mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of that that she fed she she bred she she was right there before that happened when she died everybody was in pain and awe, and all this, all these tributes came out. Then, of course, Debbie died, making it Shakespearean, right. biblical, all of that. And then at the women's marches, everybody hoisted up the Princess Leia posters and That's the Carrie true. posters, and it just seemed it, the time was right. And and her incredible honesty was the perfect antidote. If only we could still have her around for a presidency that is based on dishonesty. If I may right. be political about that, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe I shouldn't, but uh, but. I, I felt that way. So I kind of raised my hand. I wrote a proposal, and um, Sarah, the wonderful Sarah Crichton, wanted me to do it. So that's how that happened. Oh, my It's gosh. so good. We are just... Um, it, it makes, just it's really making us miss her, oh. but at the same time, I'm so glad... They, I feel about this book the way I felt about girls like us and finding oh, out that story. I'm so glad you wrote it because she's... I feel like I'm friends with her mm-hmm. reading this book. That's what Anne Hood said that made me feel happy. And people people have said that. I mean, the reviews have grat- gratifyingly, that's the word I'm using these days, gratifying yeah. and challenging. Those are those are sort of nicey-nice words for lots of other things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you she- know, um, but I, I'm, I'm gratified that the reviews have all said, you know, it was, um, it honors her, it appreciates her, it's, mm-hmm. it's profound, I think Bookless said profoundly profoundly sympathetic so that that makes you feel good yeah you know Sheila one of the things in this book is you've talked to so many of her dear friends Penny Marshall Albert no I didn't talk to Penny oh you didn't no no I I mean you know some some I got from other places some I did talk to you'll have to read it and figure it out yeah (laughs) yeah Okay, but so go ahead, finish. What we're okay, saying. so but what is it like when you were doing all the research on her? Lori and I, we just I, I we think how much research do I you mean, have to yeah. do? Yeah, and so what was there something that grabbed you that you didn't know about her growing up, kind of near her in the same you know area and everything that you didn't know about her that really struck you as like? Sure, that's another question I get a lot. I think the degree <laughs> of the degree of her vulnerability came through intensely. Um, you know, I was aware she had the challenges. She had bipolar disorder. She hadn't inherited from right. her father drug addiction or propensity to drug addiction. You have to be careful. It, it's a disease. Right. I'm, I'm not saying it with any judgment. So I'm, I'm using those words to qualify it, and I'm using the word inherited because I discovered it, it has a high degree of an, an inheritance right. relevance, you know. But um, 
very, very, you know, she has had a great hauteur. I mean, she was witty as the day is long. People said she was the smartest person they knew, you know, um, came with rejoinders and wisecracks and snarky wit all the way through till the very end of her life, although at the end of her life there was a lot of kind of soft reckoning she was taking. But amid all that, how incredibly vulnerable she was, how prone to stage fright all the way through, including at during the readings of postcards, of the, the book postcards, she would shine it on at night. No one was wittier. But during the day, she would kind of hang around in the bathrooms of the hotels and feel nauseous. Um, she would call people platonically to come and, and, and be with her at night and, and spend the night with her because she didn't want to be alone. Um, she shared a great deal. Nobody shared more. People right. said, how can you write about somebody that already told so much? But you can. And, and yet... Um, there was a part of her, as, as a, one or two sources said, there was a part of her that she kept hidden that was sadder or darker or more mundanely sad than the the kind of quote-unquote, I'm using this word, entertaining, mm-hmm. um, you know, challenges and problems that she, that she shared, where she was making us laugh at her laugh at the same time we felt sorry for her or, or felt, you know, boy, she's, she's, she's going through a lot. But... The vulnerability, I'd say, is the surprising thing. The surprising thing, yeah. Okay. And, and just the if cross- you're just joining us, we're talking about Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. The author is Sheila Weller, and she's on with us right now. Well, I too, I think it's interesting, and you do explore this in the book, you know, that she really was in this unique position, you know, being the daughter of, you know, a famous movie star who... Carrie Fisher self-described as pretty as Sunday morning, and then her dad, Eddie, she's famous her whole life and kind of crosses into two different worlds where she's friends with all the older Hollywood oh, yeah. set from the 40s and 50s, and then she the marries Paul guys. Simon yep. when she's 22 and he's 47. So she really is an, a, just such a worthy, interesting person to really get to know through your book. I'm so glad you, you wrote it. Yeah, no, she... You didn't get more complex. I, complex is good, but she really rang all the bells of complexity. You yeah. know, um, generous, um, many, many, many uh, paradoxes in, in, in her personality and her character, uh, which makes for makes for a, a fascinating person. Yeah, it really did. So, the are you done with the book tour? Or are you just kind of starting it? Well, I'm not doing a physical tour. I'm I'm doing like these, these yeah. podcasts and these okay. interviews, and I'm doing an event in New York City at, at the Jefferson Market Library. And other than that, I'm probably not going to travel for it. I'll just do it this way. Yeah, well, isn't that nice? Yeah. It's easy to do. Well, we just really, yes. really love it. And, I mean, just the people that you got to do praise on the back, Judy Collins, Carolyn Levitt, Patricia Bosworth. I mean, David you write Baroness, one. It was a Midwesterner, and yeah. I was really proud that he liked it that much. Yes. and Double but, Pulitzer winner, yeah. That's amazing. And also, you know, is Girls Like Us, did that, was that, is that ever going to be a movie? I'm afraid it's not going to be. It's it not. It. People tried. Oh, oh, that was a good book. That would be. People mm. tried. I'm, I'm glad that it still lives the life as a book. It, it is, because if you're interested in Carly, um, Simon, Carol King, and Joni Mitchell, and that whole, like it, how it spoke for the generation, that is a fantastic book, too. too. But Life on the Edge, we're recommending it, Sheila. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Sheila. Life on the Edge. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yes. Carrie Fisher, Life on the Edge. <laughs> All right, listen. We've got a couple copies to give away. We do, mm-hmm. and it really 
hilarious. It's good. I so know. Good. Okay, we'll be right back. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.